All right, you got a Bible, you can turn to Colossians chapter 1 as we are uh, continuing our series through this little uh, epistle or little um, letter from Paul to the church at Colossae. And uh, this morning we're talking about, have you ever been disappointed and let down? Have you ever uh, just really had the bottom fall out? And I'm sure some of you may be feeling like that about our world today, about our country. You know, uh, how disappointing things really are going in our nation. And uh, as we watch the news, um, which by the way, we probably need to limit that a whole lot, right? <laughs> Push it down because a constant barrage of that is not good. But it does get you down. It does disappoint you. And, uh, you know, no matter what you look to or point the finger at in our world today, it's not, a, it's not a police problem, it's not a race problem, it's not a man problem, it's a God problem. That America has stopped honoring God, but yet we still expect the blessings of God. It doesn't work that way. Uh, when we honor God, we can expect His blessing. When we do not honor God, we can expect to see the symptoms or the results of that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's similar uh, to what was happening when Paul was writing to this letter at Colossians. Um, they had gotten their focus off of Christ, they had taken their focus off of God, and these false teachers had crept in and they were called the Gnostics, or Gnosticism, which is this new knowledge, a secret knowledge that no one had before, that all of a sudden made them smarter and wiser than anything that's ever come before them and any part that has ever been taught to them. And they were, um, they were duped by this heresy. These Christians were dissatisfied with things that was happening in their community and culture, dissatisfied with the way their life was going. And so they fell for this Gnostic gospel, this new knowledge. And, um, you know, today, as I think about this and reread this scripture, um, it's talking about a secret. Um, it's not a secret dreamed up by man. And Paul was going to tell him, you want a real secret, I'm going to share with you a secret or a revelation that's so astounding, that's so unbelievable, that it's going to blow everything else that you've ever believed before out of the water. And so that's when we get to Colossians 1.27. It's going to study on one verse this morning. It says, the scripture we read, to them God willed to make known that are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, uh, I got three Ps for you today, all right? And Josh is happy with this. I'm on a roll. I think it's been a couple weeks in a row now, maybe three or four weeks in a row. But first, I want to think about the presence of Jesus Christ in your life. The presence of Jesus Christ in your life. I don't know what grabs you, but what really grabs my heart is the astonishing statement that we could read Colossians up to this point. And we can hear about how great salvation is, and we can hear how great the Savior is. That, that we talked about Christ, the Creator of the world. Christ, the Savior of the world. Christ, the One who controls all things, sustains all things. And, and it says that if we are in Christ, that we could come to know Christ in such a faithful way in salvation. That's our spiritual location in Christ. But now not only to say, are we in Christ, but now he says we are, it is Christ in us. That, that this great Savior, this King of the universe is now in us. That, that he has come in and take residence in our heart. And this is the, another theological difference of true, authentic Christianity. Um, it is the indwelling Holy Spirit of God in us. 
That when we are saved, we are justified. We talked about that. Immediately, we are declared righteous before God, just as if we have never sinned. That's our standing before God. We were justified. Then we are sanctified, that He begins to work in our life, and He begins to make us more like Jesus Christ. And then we will be glorified one day as we are taken to heaven and we are fully rid of sin in our hearts and our lives and we can dwell with God in unity because there's no sin in us. And no, so, so not only justified, not only sanctified, and not only going to be glorified, but now he says we're indwelled by the Holy Spirit of God in the Spirit of Jesus Christ. And so as we think about this and we look at this Scripture, that it literally says that Christ is in us. John 14, 20 also says, and that day you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. Now think about that. What it says, it says that He has come to abide in you, and you in Him. And both of you in the Father, in complete unity with God. And Jesus Christ is present in our life. When He comes into our life, He gives us His presence, His indwelling Spirit of God. And a lot of people think when they come to Jesus Christ that after salvation, they handle the rest of it. Like, like and, and we don't really typically come out and say these things a lot of times, but we live this way a lot of times. Like, like, we don't seek God in prayer about our decisions or how we live our life or what we should change, how we should change our life. We just go to work and we try to do it all ourselves. Like, like, we don't have the Holy Spirit of God in us or the Spirit of Christ in us, so we try to do it ourselves. We try to do the right thing. We try to be moral. We try to handle the Christian life ourselves, which you know, and I know, that ultimately always leaves you empty. Because we can't do it on ourselves, by ourselves. It is, it is not in our ability. It's not in the power of our own self to be able to do that because we still have our sinful flesh in us. And, and we talked about this last week. If you catch me at the right time, uh, pretty much any time, and slap me in the face, what's going to happen to you? You're probably going to get slapped back in the face. Why? And you say, well, if you're full of the Spirit of God, you wouldn't do that. Well... When you slap me, the Spirit of God left me, right? and before it could come back in, I actually slapped you back, right? and then it would come back in afterward. No, I'm just teasing. But the point being is that we never totally rid ourselves of our flesh. And it, it's amazing that when you watch things, and, and I was talking about watching the news, if you watch the news and you pump yourself full of stuff, it is going to boil up to, into anger that may lead to some sort of sin in our life that's going to cause us to stumble in our walk with God. If we watch movies that entice us with lust, it's going to entangle us into something that's going to lead to what? Sin in our life. Because we have a fleshly body and we can't do it on our own, but the hope is not that we can do it on our own. The promise of true Christian life authentic Christianity is that now, rather than us doing it in ourselves, we have a spirit of Christ in us, that he indwells us, that he is in our hearts and he lives inside of our life. And when we look to our Christian life with the temptations and problems, we do not conquer it or we do not uh, uh, solve our problems by ourselves. 
but yet we can yield to the presence of God or Jesus Christ in our life and that he can solve our problems and take care of our sin problem. One preacher said, when the devil knocks on your door of your heart, send Jesus to answer the door. And I love it because it's such a simple illustration, but it's so true. When that anger knocks on your door, send Christ to answer that. When that lust knocks on your door, send Christ to answer it. When that hatred or when that, that greed knocks on your door or materialism knocks on your door, send Christ to answer it. We have the presence of God in our heart now. We are not left useless or rendered un, unuseful, but we have now we have the power of God in us and we can utilize that. Think about it. Practically, when you apply this truth to your life, Everywhere and everything you encounter, you have the presence of Jesus Christ right there with you. And think about it in a positive sense. You never face a problem alone. There is nothing that we can say that God is not there with us because he's right there with us. He is, he is indwelling in our heart. You will never experience pain alone. You will never experience sickness alone. You will never experience the valleys of life alone. Jesus says that he will never leave you nor forsake you. He says he sticks closer than a brother. And listen, when you find out you have a sickness, Jesus is there. When you have marriage troubles, Jesus is there. When you have a crisis, Jesus is there. When Whatever you face, the Spirit of God or the Spirit of Christ is with you. His presence is with you always. And then also, think about it in a negative sense. When we get angry and blow our top, Jesus is there. When we, when we uh, choose not to forgive someone and we treat him in a wrong way, guess what? Jesus is there. When you look at something or watch something you're not supposed to, Jesus is there. And you think about it, what this week, in this week, if Jesus was present with you, if you knew he was with you or you acknowledged that he was with you, it would change the way that you live. That's why when people talk to me, they talk a certain way, and then later on they find that I'm a preacher, and they say, oh, you should have told me you were a preacher. I would have never said those things in front of you. And I think to myself, well, what difference does that make? Because I'm not going to be judging you, right? And, and a lot of people say, well, I, don't, I can do all those things, but I don't cuss around my mama. You know? I don't cuss around my kids. And, I, and they can control it in a sense depending on who they're around. Well, as Christians, what more motivation it is that Christ is with us. And the Holy Spirit of God is indwelling us. And if it's shameful to Him or harmful to Him, then we should put the brakes on it and we should yield to His presence, His power in our life, and we should not do the things that we should do. Christ in you, the presence of Christ is with us at all times. Not only the presence of Christ, but we also have the power of Jesus Christ in our life. The presence and the power. That's what I love about Christ. He's just not there as an innocent bystander, but yet we have the ability to tap into the power of God in our life. In the Old Testament, they had the tabernacle that would fall, follow the nation of Israel. It would lead them, and everywhere they would go, they'd set up the tabernacle, and then they would set up as God would come and dwell with them. He would show his power among the people. And the presence of God was so real, but yet the power of God was evident in their life. They would get manna, and they would have food, and they would have their shoes would not wear out. He would provide for them and protect them. The visible presence of God brought the power of God in their life. 
Listen, Christ indwells us. He brings his presence, but he also gives us access to his power. And Isaiah 40, verse 31, is such a good verse because I was, I was meditating on someone this week. I wanted to share it with you. Maybe you haven't heard it in a while. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. You think about it. That's a beautiful verse, but in this verse, I really wanted to focus in on the word renew. The word renew means exchange. It means to exchange strength with something else, right? To exchange it. And what he's saying is those who trust in the Lord, those who believe in His power, they will exchange their power for God's power in their life. And when you exchange it, you have the ability to take your weak, your puny, your, your little strength, and you exchange it for the almighty, omnipotent power of God. It's an exchange of power. And, and as a Christian, you have the presence of God in your life, but also you have access to the power of Christ in your life. And, and the, the key is it's not automatic. It doesn't just happen. You have to choose to exchange your strength with God. The way a lot of Christians are is they try to move in their own strength and their own power. When they, don't, when they ignore the power of Jesus Christ, Christ in you. And in this it says, they shall exchange or renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. You think about that. There are times in life when there are real difficult situations. And it gets down in your level to where you have no control over them. I don't know how long you've lived, but eventually at some point in your life, you're going to get into a situation that's beyond your control. I know that's really scary for people who are control freaks, but that happens all the time, right? There is literally times in your life where you have no control over it. None. You have no strength, no power to overcome it at all. And you know what's so cool about eagles is that eagles do not fly low to the ground. How do they fly? Above, way above, right? You see vultures and you can see them, but a lot of times you don't see eagles. You know why? Because they're way higher than the vultures, right? They're way higher than anything that's on, the, uh, on below. They're flying at a different level. And what Paul is saying, or what the scripture is saying in Isaiah is he's saying they shall mount up with wings as eagle, meaning that our perspective is not in this ugly, nasty world, but it's flying way higher than all our problems and sins and situations. We get it from an overall view, not from a, a, a view from us. And a lot of times in our, in our life, God puts us in situations that we don't need a change in our circumstances. We need a change in our perspective. And the change in our perspective is not seeing the way we see it, but to see the way God sees it. That, that he is not limited by time. He is not limited by earthly power. He is so far high and above that. And there are times in our life that we need to fly like an eagle. And we don't need our own perspective, but we need to exchange it for God's perspective. Then he says, they shall run and not be weary. He hasn't jogged much with me lately. But anyhow, I don't know if this will help you run your marathon or not, but there are days when in this life you just feel like you're on the run, right? Every day it's something new. One to another to another to another to another. 
and you're running here and you're running there and you're running there and you're back here and you just get to a point where you're wore out and it says the power of Christ is available even for those times when you feel like you're on the run. So when you need to fly, when you're running, and then here's the hardest part, when you walk and you shall not faint. Sometimes walking is the hardest of all, right? It's the ordinary, mundane, ordinary activities that no one normally gets to see except you. It's when you go through life and you take one step after another, one day at a time, and you have to exchange your strength for God's strength each and every day, but it's available to us. When your child has an accident, you draw on the power of Jesus Christ. When you, when you wash a machine breaks down and you go to pieces, something that you have it, you don't blow your top, you need the power of Jesus in that moment, right? You need the power of God and the power of Christ. You exchange it, Christ in you, the presence and the power of Jesus Christ. Listen, Christ will live through you and he will give us the strength and the power, not only where we're going, but for right now in our present day life. And that's why when you come to a false gospel, a lot of people preach, well, when you come to Jesus Christ, that's okay for your future, but it doesn't do much for me right now. That's not true. That's not true because when you come to Jesus Christ, that he changes not only your future, he changes your past, he changes your present, and he changes your future. Listen, for us as a Christian, we have the choice to make. Are we going to do it in our own strength and power, or are we going to do it in Jesus Christ's power? When we get up in the morning, we can say, i got to face this problem today. I can do it in my own strength, or I can do it in God's strength. When we face troubles and trials in our life, it's the choices are, it's an exchange, it's a renewal. And you can't use the excuse that you, don't, you can't do it because the presence and power of Jesus Christ is available to you. It's kind of like the Gators team, right? You're the quarterback. Maybe it's Tim Tebow, all right? Maybe we're back in the glory days. <laughs> Been a long time since we had those glory days. But anyhow, you, you take the snap and you turn around and you look back there and there's Percy Harvin and there's Ted Owens back there, all right? And you got the ball. And you need to score a touchdown. Who are you going to pitch it to? Are you going to pitch it to the fat, old, out-of-shape guy? Or are you going to pitch it to Percy Harvin, right, who can run a touchdown in, in two or three seconds, right? Which one are you going to toss the ball to, me or, or him? Listen, as a Christian, that's exactly the choice that we make each and every day. We have the ball. Are we going to take it ourselves, or are we going to let Christ take it? Are we going to try to solve our marriage problems by ourselves? or are we going to let Christ take care of it? Are we going to try to solve our health issues by ourselves? or are we going to let Christ take it? Are we going to, go to, are we going to have the victory, or are we going to experience the defeat? It all depends on who we toss the ball to. Listen, we have the, we have the indwelling spirit of Christ in us. He, he gives us his presence, and he gives us his power, but also we have potential. You think about the potential of Jesus Christ in your life. He says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And you think about of all the things that are glorious and all the things that God has in store you. This is why it's so important in, verse, in this Christian life. Because the presence of Christ comes in you, and you not only have the presence of Christ for our, our life, but you have the power available to us, but we also have the potential that one day he's going to be with us forever. 
that Jesus is there. You, you don't have to feel like you're, you're left alone and trying to all by yourself and that you've come to the end of yourself and you have no hope. Listen, we have hope because He's the hope of glory. And it's a solution for our problems and our temptation the way we live right now. And as we turn to our future, our future may fill us full of anxiety and pressure and maybe some sort of apprehension, especially when we look to our world and we say, how's our kids going to grow up? How's our grandkids going to grow up? What is the world going to be like? What is the future for them? And even in our own life, the older you get, the more you realize how weak we really, really are. Somebody shared with me the bees of being old. They had a few, and I added a few. Some, one of them's baldness, right? Bifocals, bunions, <laughs> back pain, right? <laughs> Bills. Uh, somebody said bay windows to look out of, which I never really thought about bay windows. But, but if you think about it, there's another bee that comes with that, burials. That, that the older you get... The more people you come in contact with, the more that you realize that people are battling diseases and these bodies that are wasting away and medicines and constantly selling our body. And one day it gets to a point that you can resist it as all you want to, but it persists and it persists and immediately and imminently takes grip of us. And it gets weaker and weaker. We go down and down and down. And finally, there's a burial. And every day, someone will face that. Every day we have to face that. And, and for the Christian life, does that give us any potential? Does that give us any hope? Does that give us any, any, any ability to be able to have hope in that? Listen, as a Christian life, it does. It talks about our future. And listen, he's saying in the future, the potential for the glory that's saved up for us. Salvation doesn't only include the spirit, but it includes the soul and the body. And in Romans 8, 11, Scripture says, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the Spirit that dwells in you. Listen, our body will not always be rid with disease and pain and sin. Listen, our spirit is saved, but one day our bodies will be saved as well. That we will have a resurrection body. And you say, well, what does that resurrection body look like? I don't know. But, but Christ had a resurrection body, right? He got to eat fish. I don't like fish, but maybe, chi maybe chicken will be on the menu too. I don't know. Uh, but anyhow, you think about it. He, he ate fish. He was able to walk. They were able to feel his hands. They were able to feel his feet. And, and it says that our bodies and our resurrection bodies will be like the body of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the hope that we have, the hope of our future, the potential of our bodies is not based upon this world because we are deteriorating night after night after night, but yet we can have victory because one day we know just as Jesus was resurrected from the dead and has a resurrection body, we too will have a resurrected body. And one day we will hear, welcome home, pilgrim. You, this world is not our own. Listen, one of the reasons why we shouldn't lose hope as a Christian is because this is not our kingdom. This is not our world. That, that we know this world is sin-ridden. It is full of sin. And as sin continues to progress, so will the symptoms or the results of that sin. And that includes hatred. That includes death. That includes uh, of despair. And as the world moves further away from God, the more they realize they will have no hope in, in anything. 
And for us, when we have the presence of God in our life, we don't hope in the things of this world. Listen, I hope for us as Christians, one challenge that more than anything that comes out of what's happening in our world today is that we realize that we don't need to be that tied to this world. Listen, when you read the book of Revelation, you realize we win. Christ wins. He he, he is going to rule. He's going to reign. He's going to overcome it all. But until then, until then, the potential of Jesus Christ and the hope that we have in him comes through this Christ that's in us. It gives us this hope. And us as Christians, we should not just dwell on the earth. You know, one of the, one of the most alarming terms in Revelation that I read is the, word, is the term earth dwellers. It will talk about God and his kingdom and his work, and then it say, then the earth dwellers did this. Then it would talk about Christ and the kingdom, and it would talk about uh, uh, of all the things that heaven is. Then it would say, then the earth dwellers did this. And then eventually, it led to a point that the earth dwellers decided they were going to make war against God. Imagine that. Not only that they just don't believe in God, but yet they want to make war against God. Now, even 20 years ago, I would say that was kind of a stretch. I would never think that anyone would be able to think that they could make war against God. Boy, as times have changed, right? Listen, the, the biggest thing you see in our culture today is not that they deny God, it's but that they have, want to make war against God. Not only God, but his principles, his standings, his truth. And listen, the rebellion of most people is not that it's because of who not believing in God. It's the principles of God. And listen, all that we see is the symptoms from that. And for us as Christians, as we move this earth, the potential or the hope that we have better not be tied to the things of this world. And listen, I was just thinking about this week of the things that we have in this world. If you're entertainment and your, your satisfaction comes to the things of this world, guess what? It's going to leave you dry. Listen, there is nothing in this world that's going to satisfy the cravings of your soul. It's always going to leave you empty. Always. And for us as Christians, as we go through these things, the thing to do is to evaluate your life. To evaluate where are you getting your hope from. Are you getting your hope from a bank account? As I'm going to tell you, what's going to happen eventually is when the American dollar falls, a one-world money order is going to come across, and guess what? We're all going to be on the same page then. Uh, the American dollar may be worth nothing at that point. And, and all the hope that you put in a bank, and all the hope you put in stock markets, and all the hope you put in your retirement account, guess what? It's gone. Let me say, well, that will never happen. Well, think about it, because I'm going to tell you, everything on this earth one day will perish including bank accounts and including inheritances, including all the possessions you may have. And if we are finding some sort of significance or satisfaction or a hope that's not in things of Christ or Christ the glory that's in us, then we need to reevaluate that and say, wait a minute, that's out of perspective in my life. Or maybe it's just material pleasures. Listen, most people find their joy in things. And in our world today, we are a materialistic society that has so many different things. Listen, it's not bad to have good things. I like good things. I like nice truck. I like good air conditioner. Don't you like good air conditioner? I love good things, right? 
Like in a nice house, who wants to live in a dump of a house, right? You can have a nice house, you can have a nice car, you can have nice air conditioners, but it's okay to have things, but it's not okay for things to have you. If your life is just based and focused upon acquiring things, then you're always going to be left empty. You know why? Because things always perish. Listen, cars always break down. Uh, Things always tear up. Things always have things. And then not only that, things always improve. You buy a car 10 years ago. Compared to the cars that's today, they're not even close, right? Uh, You start off with a backup camera this big. Now they got backup cameras this big, right? They got whole systems in there, radios and systems and Bluetooth technology, all the stuff that connects in your old car and all the stuff that they have and all the things that they do, not even that, but even some that's going to even drive themselves. Can you imagine that? All the things that come with technology and things, if you're pursuing those things, guess what? It's going to leave you empty. Maybe it's a status symbol on a job, and you think, man, you know, if I could just make it in my job, if I could just make it to this level, if I could just make it to the executive staff, if I could just make it to vice president or president, and your whole life, you, you deny your family, you spend weeks away, you spend all your time away from your family and your spouse, and you pay, you pay the ultimate price to climb the ladder, you get to be president of the company, listen, it's going to leave you empty and dry. I heard one pastor say most people try to climb the ladder of life and get to the top and realize it was leaned on the wrong building. (laughs) If you think about it, when you pursue anything outside of Jesus Christ, it's going to leave you empty. It's going to leave you in despair. And what I think we see in our world today is a country as a whole is going down that path. They're, They're seeking solutions that doesn't include God. Listen, any solution that does not include God is not going to satisfy the human soul, ever. It's not going to be, if you seek justice without God of the justice, what good is that going to be? It's not going to be any good because what happens is the justice that you're seeking is not justice from God, but it's justice from man, and man is always tainted. Man is always sinful. And for us, when we, when we seek this justice, we should seek justice of God. And, and for our country and for people of our country, our hearts should be pure and we should be seeking God and His will and His justice. And then He will take care of the hearts of people. But until then, it'll always empty. It'd be empty and shameful. Listen, for us as Christians, for us to remember these things and look at it, and Paul says, this is the mystery. Why do you think he said it was a mystery? Because most people miss it. They miss it. They go through all of life and they, 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 they pursue all the wrong things and they're like these uh, believers here at Colossae. They, they were duped. They were falling for a lie. They were told that Christ is not enough. How you're living is not enough and your life will always be empty and that we have this secret knowledge. We have knowledge that no one has ever had before. And if you come to this and you accept our knowledge, you will be full, you will be happy, you will be satisfied. Paul says, no, it's not found in that. It is the mystery that it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He's the hope of glory. I think if you thought for a moment or I thought for a moment this life was all there ever to be, you would fall into utter despair. Listen, if, if you get to the end of your life 
and it doesn't include God and the hope of glory, what do you have? Listen, the reason why we have hope as Paul shares later on in 2 Corinthians, he says, this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Listen, we have light affliction, and it's momentary. It's, it's minimal. Listen, uh, one of the things the devil loves to do is make you think that things are going to be like this forever. That, that if you're in a pain or you're in some sort of situation, you're in a tough time, you're never going to get out of this. It's never going to change. And he drives you to the point of being hopeless to where you want to give up. But as a perspective for Christian, when we have Christ in us, the hope of glory says, this is light. This is momentary. Now, this wasn't just a normal person. This is Paul saying this. Paul was shipwrecked, bitten by snakes, right? Had to deal with some snakes too, I'm sure, right? <laughs> different things. He was beat up. He was left for dead. He, he, he had some sort of uh, 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 ailment in his life he couldn't get rid of, so much so he went to Christ three times, take it from me, take it from me, take it from me. But yet Paul comes, he's saying, this is the confidence I have, that this is light, it's momentary, but I know it's preparing a hope for me that's beyond all comparison. He also says later on, and he also says in Romans, that the sufferings of this present time are not even worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed in us. Listen, that the, the suffering and the pain that we are, we are experiencing in this life, he says it's not even worth comparing. That, that if we could get the glimpse of glory and the hope that we have in Christ, that no matter what happens in this earth, it's not even worth comparing. It's not even close. He also says later on in Colossians, he says that this is Christ. When he appears, I will appear with him in glory. And for us as Christians, our hope is not rooted in the experience of this world or the pleasures of this world or the things of this world. It's rooted in the mystery that Paul shares with us. It is Christ in us, the hope of glory, that we have his presence in our life. We have his power in our lives. We have potential, not because of how good this world is, but because of how good God is and the way his kingdom's going to be one day. And, and for us that need this in our life, and we see this in our life, that when disappointment comes, and, and we, see, we see heartache, and we see despair, and we see hopelessness, we need to turn to Christ. We need to look to him. We need to evaluate our life and ask ourselves, why are we not focused on him more? Because we need Christ more than we've ever needed him before. And listen, if you're not there, you're going to be there one day. And listen, as a Christian, I, I don't see how anyone can look to this world and have any hope. Listen, our hope is not built upon movements. Our hope is not built upon people. Our hope is not built upon another action or form. It's based upon God. And when we have a Christian as Christians, we have a kingdom of Christ that we know, and he has come, and he's been in our heart. He indwells us, the indwelling spirit of God in our life. So you think about your life. I don't know what you're facing, but no matter what you face when you leave here, no matter what you face when you wake up tomorrow, you have the promise that God's presence will be with you, that Christ is right there with you. That you may be facing the hardest, darkest day of your life, but he's there present with you. I shared this before. It's a, great, it's a great illustration of this because 
most people will understand this because Dr. Uh, Mac Brunson, who was the pastor of First Baptist Church in Jacksonville, he was going through some heartache and pain in his life. His son was going through some issues where he had, they had some sort of disorder in his life that they, he wasn't growing the right rate, and they didn't know how that would affect his life, how it would finish his life, and how it would affect who he was. And during that process, his wife found out she had cancer, and she had to have surgery to have the cancer removed. And he said he was going through this whole process, and he was pastor of First Baptist Church in Dallas, which is an extremely large church. Um, he had been serving Christ and as a pastor for over 20 years at that point, around 20 years at that point. And he said he sold out to the Lord. He said he went that morning and he said there was his wife and they put her on the table and they put her on the, 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 the stretcher and they let him say goodbye. He said, you can't go with her. We're going to take her back and we're going to do our best and we're, we're going we're gonna to hopefully reunite, reunite you back up. So he said he went out. He went to a little bitty waiting room. He said he sit down in that waiting room. He said he was the only person in that waiting room. The only person. And he said all of a sudden, you know, he said all of a sudden the devil started working on him. And he said, you know, you've been a pastor for 20 years, and you're telling me not one of the people that you've ever ministered to or led to Christ or one of your deacons or one of your members of your church, not one person came to see you in the hospital. And he said, you know, that's right. I've been to people when they were hurt, they're sick. I've been there at midnight. I've been there in the morning. I've been... He started going through the list. He said, that's not right. That's not exactly true. That's not right. Not one single person, nobody cares for you. He said it worked his way all the way through the process that he finally got to God. And he said, God, you're not here for me. Here I am. Nobody's here. Nobody to pray for me. Nobody to care for me. Nobody to take care of me. Not even you. And he says, I'm all alone. And he said, in a still, small voice in his heart, God spoke to him and said, if there's nobody here with you, then who are you talking to? And he said, immediately, he dropped to his knees and he said, God, no matter where I am, you are with me. And he realized that he wasn't there alone. The presence of God was with him. In the darkest moment of his life, he knew the presence was there. And then the power is available to him to exchange your power for his power. And no matter what you face and no matter what happens in life, whether it's sickness, whether it's relationships, whether it's the world falling apart, we have the potential to know that we're going to rule and reign with Christ one day in eternity. Listen, Paul says that's the mystery. That's the mystery. That's the mystery revealed for us as Christians to have hope, to have strength, to have the peace of God in our life. Listen, it all comes by what he started off with in Colossians. You don't have Christ in you until you are in Christ. That's where it comes from. Listen, not in church, not in prayer, not in all those things are secondary until you get Christ in your life. Until you are in Christ, Christ will never be in you, period. And for us as Christians, it's important to know where we are because it affects every part of our life. And that's what Paul was saying. That's true Christianity. That's true, authentic Christ. Christianity. Is that when we're in Christ, we have the strength and ability and the power of Christ in us. That's what makes the difference. And if you want his presence, you want his power, you want his potential in your life, then you got to be in Christ. It comes from him. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let's pray together this morning.